his father. This episode will include much language that is less than ideal. Um, to read the exact trigger warning, shit gets really fucking bad in this chapter. Just saying, trigger warning, verbal abuse, self harm. Please do not put this. Please do not put up with this kind of stuff and seek help. Stood in the doorway, looking as big, drunk, and angry as ever, was none other than Virgil's father. What? What are you doing here? I thought you were in jail. Court hearing isn't for a week. Unless I check, this is my fucking house. Who the fuck is this? Patton shook. He half stood in front of Virgil, blocking him from the man. I... <clears throat> Patton closed his throat. I'm Patton Darwin. I'm Virgil's new brother. We're here to collect his stuff, and then we'll be out of your way. Until court. Virgil's father nodded. Is that right? Well, first off, Virgil ain't going nowhere. Second off, you can get your little rich ass out of my house before I kick it out. Patton, just go. I'll be fine. Honestly, tell your parents that, as thankful as I am, I should stay here. Virgil gives him a weak smile, lightly pushing him to the door. No, I think we should grab your things and go. I can call Dad and see if he'll give us a hand. Patton smiles with wide and bright. He nodded politely to Mr. Grayson and took out his phone, dialing his father. Virgil's father looks at him. Virgil shudders. So how long this time before they figure out you're not worth their time? Have one of your screaming fits yet? Or how about when you crawl into a pathetic ball and cry like a bitch? You know you'll just end up back here. Why waste other people's time like this, huh? You're being more difficult than you're worth. And let me tell you, you're worth absolute shit. The only reason I tolerate you living here is because Till always said she'd hate for you to die in some gutter out in the street being fucked in the ass by some hobo. Your mom's the only reason you're still kicking and lucky for you, I loved her more than I ate you. Virgil felt the dizziness in his head, the pain in his chest and the sick feeling in his gut. He was having a panic attack. They had gotten back in one piece. Mr. Darwin was outraged that F Virgil's father had been released into court. The first thing he did when they arrived home was call some people, but he knew that could try and get him away. Patton made Virgil some hot cocoa while he and his mother take Virgil's stuff to his room. When Virgil broke down, his dad just said some more unkind things and asked Patton if he was the kind of person he wanted in his family. Patton's reply was quick, short, and by all means sweet. Yes. We got all of your stuff upstairs now. Do you need anything? Patton asks. Virgil sh shakes his head. I've never met nicer people. Aw, thanks kiddo. Patton beams back. His love for others is nearly too much to be contained within a sentence, so just imagine. I'm gonna go lie down for a bit. I'm not feeling too good. Thanks for taking my stuff up. I could have done it. No, you've done enough for the day. Well, we'll come get you for dinner. Sure you don't need anything. Patton nods his head and heads off silently. I worry for that boy. When you were packing his stuff, did you see any... Anything that could hurt him? Mrs. Darwin asks. No. But Virgil packed quite a bit by himself. I'm worried too. 
Pan and his mother start making dinner. It was already four o'clock and they were having a big dinner for Saturday, seeing as no one had really had any lunch. Did you ask him about his school life? Mrs. Darwin asks her eldest son. I didn't get a chance, but he didn't really have any photos or anything like that. I think he may have had to go through everything by himself. Patton sighs, struggling to get his head how someone can survive being so lonely. When he starts school again, maybe we should ask him if he'd like to join your school. That way he'd have at least one friend, plus all your friends. It might help him come out of his shell a little bit. Patton nodded in agreement. Virgil sat on the bedroom floor, rooting through the boxes and bags. He needed to relieve the pressure that was building up inside his head, under his skin. He found a small wooden box, which he'd painted black. He knew what was inside. It was the answer to all his problems. Virgil eagerly opened the box. Inside was his drugs, the stuff that took all the pain away for him. These drugs were three sharp lip razors and a lighter. He rolled up the leg of his trousers. Hundreds of cuts lined his inner thigh. Some pale white, others angry red. All of them made Virgil's head spin. On one hand, they helped him. When it was all too much, they calmed him. Although, they also made him hate himself even more. They were a reminder he was a weak, good-for-nothing, insolent wretch that didn't deserve to breathe. Virgil heated a razor blade with a lighter and held it until it was cooled down. Then, he took the blade to his skin. He cut slow, straight lines into his leg. Some bled, some didn't. It was all the same to Virgil. He just wanted to relieve the pressure. Which, after five or so minutes of cutting, it did. His brain stopped overloading him with pointless emotions as he began to process the blood pouring out of his self-inflicted wounds. He dabbed away the blood with a cloth that he also kept in the box, rolled his trouser leg back down, satisfied with his work. He carefully hid the box back in a bundle of clothes and rooted around some more to find his favourite hoodie. After a few minutes, he found it, slipped it on, and lay on top of his bed, face down, and spread across it. He lay there and felt his physical pain. Soon he fell asleep, too tired to care about anything else. Okay, so this chapter has been very descriptive about self-harm. I would like to take a minute to discuss some things that, well, about self-harm. Self-harm is a serious issue that needs to be addressed and is becoming a popular thing around children and teens, including adults and basically any age range. People believe that self-harm is either a form of either asking for attention or a way of just pretending. As somebody who has struggled with these things myself, it's not easy and it's really difficult to stop the habit. It's something that is almost built into you after a time. 
If you are dealing with self-harm or suicidal thoughts, there are always numbers you can call, people to talk to. You're not alone. You're not going to deserve to suffer no matter what you think. Please take into consideration that you are a life and you are a beautiful one that's going to do so much if only you stick around. Thank you for listening and I'm wishing you the best.